and welcome back to another episode of Devil Dash. We've had some issues with our audio, but we are back now. Um, we are going to go into a few different things uh, on this episode. You know, ASU didn't have a game last week, so it's going to be a little different. We're going to be taking a look how COVID's affected the Pac-12, um, how ASU season is going to be coming along after now a second game cancellation, and is the Pac-12 even good enough to make the college football playoffs? So we'll be diving in to a little bit of all of that. Um, Josh, like I said, ASU uh, last game got canceled, and now their upcoming game against Colorado has gotten canceled. What does this mean for the Pac-12 in general? Just with you know, now Utah's had a few cancellations. Cal, um, you know, ASU's probably not going to be the last there. So, what do you think this means? Yeah, this is uh, it's really tough to see for this conference that we love and our team plays for. Um, it just really shows that they're in a state of confusion right now. I mean, if you think about it, they started the season later than a bunch of other conferences and look what it's doing to them. Now it doesn't look like they're going to have enough time to make up these games that, you know, are going to be, or have been canceled due to COVID. Like I'm sure many of these other conferences like the big 10 and the ACC foresaw this sort of thing happening. And, you know, that gives them a little more time to reschedule these games. And, you know, other people are going to say, well, maybe that wasn't the best time to start the season, you know, being in the COVID spike and each conference is going to look at it differently, but yeah, it just really shows the Pac-12 in a state of confusion right now. Well, and we're going to get more into the college football playoff later, but we're like, we're wondering is Oregon even good enough at six and oh, like, is their resume strong enough? There is no, like if you get one game canceled, I, I know none of the teams that have been canceled are realistically college football playoff hopefuls. Um, but, like, if USC needs to get one game canceled, like, there any chance that they had, that 1% chance that they had is out the window. And, you know, we've seen, like, Wisconsin, for example. I'm not saying Wisconsin's going to make the college football playoff, but they've had a game cancellation. I think if they were to go undefeated, they would still be very strongly considered because of, A, how good their conference is, and, B, they had enough games on their schedule with, you know, room for error, I guess, if you will, during COVID. So, you know, thank you, Larry Scott. Thank you, Pac-12. Um, things seem Every year, whether it's the referees, whether it's something new, it seems like it can't be tops. Larry Scott finds a way to do it. Uh, but what, what do you think of the Sunday games? What do you think of that? I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I was really impressed by, you know, I'm sure Larry was the head of that decision, a couple of his fellow confidants. But, yeah, that was a huge, huge, you know, big move for the Pac-12 and calling that under 24 or under 48 hours turn around and make that Sunday game happen. Um, I think they probably could have played it a little bit later in the day instead of 9 a.m., but I think they have to compete with the NFL, and I think there's a really big kind of handshake agreement on who plays what days. I think that is a huge part, and I yeah. did not even think about that. So I think, I mean, the NFL, if they wanted to, there's nothing stopping them from having games on Saturdays. And you, we usually see, you know, around Christmas time when uh, college football's over, the NFL starts playing some games on Saturdays. It's pretty fun, actually, but – I think there's a little handshake agreement with, you know, college says we'll take Saturdays, NFL takes Sundays. And I think uh, they, they really want the TV revenue to be, you know, fairly split. And, you know, they obviously want all the money they can possibly get. So um, the Sunday games, I really give so much prop to those coaching staffs and to those teams. I mean, I, I give Cal a big break for what happened to them. And for UCLA, I give them a lot of credit because they looked good and they looked ready for, you know, a team 20, I feel like you said 48 hours before. They were expecting to com compete against uh, who is Utah? Were they supposed to play Utah? Got canceled. Right. Yeah, and a lot of props to them. And then on the other hand, Oregon State didn't look all 
I mean, they're not a very good team to begin with, but you know, I give all four of those teams a lot of credit. There's, there's so much, so much going on and you know, it really, they had a lot of reasons to fold. And I, I guess Cal, I, you, you kind of did, but there's a lot of reason, reason for that. And, you know, this season is just so much different in general. It's, it's so hard to ask these players to do what they're doing. And then also do a full school schedule, especially at some of these harder schools, like, you know, USC, Stanford, that the academic rigor can be, can be brutal. It, it can be brutal anywhere, but. COVID, daily COVID testing too. Yeah. And think about how different practices are, but. You know, if we if we bring it back to you know teams missing out, schedules being just completely wiped out because of COVID, not only is this just terrible for you know the, the team that that had to call the game because of an outbreak, but those guys didn't get to play. That's what they've been wanting to do for this entire time. But think about a team, how it affects a team like Oregon per se. That this is their chance. I mean, I'm kind of talking about the college foot, uh, yeah. college football playoff too. This is their chance to beat up and show the the conference that they are ready for this playoff and ready for you know a championship and they don't get to do that. Something I would be a little nervous about is you know kind of what we saw with uh, I think it was Jake Browning as the quarterback in Washington when they made the playoff and they were you know definitely the best team in the Pac-12 that year and then they played a number one seed Alabama and they scored the first point in that game and I want to say they, it was seven zero Washington. I seriously, off the top of my head, I think the final score is fifty-six to seven, Alabama. It, it was a bad blowout. Maybe that, maybe Washington ended up scoring at the end, but Alabama, I remember, scored a ridiculous amount of unanswered points after that first touchdown, and it was just embarrassing for the Pac-12. And I, I'm worried about that. You know, Oregon looks good, but this quarterback isn't. You know, Herbert last year was you know obviously a top five or top seven pick, whatever Miami had, and they he's showing the talent that he had. And, I'm not saying that, you know, Oregon doesn't have that talent now, but they lost a lot from last year on a team that wasn't good enough to make it to the college football playoff, um, you know, that lost to a team in ASU. So I, with COVID, anything's possible. You know, you could get to the college football playoff and, you know, a team that your team you're playing is quarterback could get COVID. And, you know, so any, this season is just the ultimate wild card can be played. So you, you never really know what to expect, but I would be worried about that if I was in the Pac-12, but, Oregon still has a whole lot of football to show that they are worthy of being that team. Well, they do. It'll be tough. Out, outside of Washington, though, that we're going to get into it later. Just the Pac-12 struggles, and with the games that are canceled, it's you don't really know who you're going to play. Like going into the ASU game last, that Cal was going to be a pretty good team. We thought that you know they were going to be upper three in the Pac-12 North last last or this year, and. After seeing that UCLA game, I don't think it's going to be close. They did not look like the football team that wanted to be there at all. And, and you know, circumstances were, right. were different there, so it's really hard to punish them for that. But this season is just so interesting because we I saw an interesting take for ASU players. A player like Frank Darby, who now has an extra year of eligibility because of COVID, could he potentially come back if ASU only plays three games? Because if they do, he's not going to be even considered in the NFL draft. And, not that I'm saying he should, but if he's someone that personally wants to play in the NFL, then he could come back for that extra year to get more film on himself, you know, to, to help himself jump up. So, you know, another year of him, and you still are going to have uh, Jaden Daniels next year. So there, there's a lot of things that need to be looked out for on the Sun Devil side of these COVID cancellations. Um, and not saying that these cancellations are positive by any means, but there's something positive to look out. You always, always have to try to look at the positive yeah. side of things. And 
Another positive, I think, of the cancellations was it makes the USC loss a little a little bit better because could you imagine if we were if we were one and zero in that game and we were the favorites, the front runners in the Pac-12 South, thinking, all right, we just had our hardest game. The, the rest of the schedule is in front of us. We would and then those cancellations happened. It would have been devastating for ASU fans. And I think the the cancellations actually make that loss a little bit easier, in, in my own opinion. But so we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to start talking about how specifically ASU. We just talked about you know maybe some people staying, but what do you think this means for Jaden Daniels this season? Is, is this season we've talked about how it could potentially just be canceled altogether because you know how things bad look for ASU COVID wise? But what do you think this means for someone you know potential first round draft pick? It's tough, Wills. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's really quick to say, you know, well, the season's over, blah, 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 everyone's sick. I, I look at it, I look at it that way for a little bit, but now I kind of look at it this way. This, the rest of this season is very important for Jaden Daniels because he has very little, very limited reps of these live games, and he has to go out there and, you know, get that practice, get that, get his adrenaline going, and Work on his work on his game, you know. The whole team does, and it's just it, it feels like a giant waste of a, a whole season going to nothing. But you know, you have to. There's they might get three, two, three games left in their season, and they have to just go all out. That's that's the only way you can do it in this situation. And I think it's going to be different for the players like you know Sam Howe, Jaden Daniels, and Keaton Slovis. But you know, for the players that aren't named. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields for this upcoming draft. It's like, I wonder how serious NFL GMs are going to take this season, you know, the film and what happened, because we saw what happened to Cal with COVID cancellations. And then when they finally, their game rolls around, they, just, they weren't ready. And I wonder how much these coaches for the players getting drafted. And it, it's interesting to kind of look in the scope of Jaden Dance because he's a potential first round pick that, you know, where are they going to look at this season? Is this 100% a legit season? And if you put up, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to put up 600 yards on a team that is like, is that something as a team not get, they already gave in because of COVID or I'm just, I'm wondering that. What do you yeah. Think? I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not quite sure if I have the exact answer because I feel like, you know, each player within their respective team and yeah. conference and respective cancellation of that game it's going to be different. Every yeah. situation is going to be different. You know, like think about the Cal game, you know, tell me you're an NFL scout. You're going to look at Garber's numbers. Say they play one more game this season before, you know, the Pac-12 pulls, pulls the plug. And, you know, the first game of the season they're looking at is showing against uh, UCLA, which I think I'm not 100% sure, but was he pulled from that game? I didn't get to watch the whole game. I only saw like the first think, quarter and a half. I think but. he might have gotten pulled, maybe not for the rest of the game, but at least for a split second, maybe to run a different player injury. I thought it was an injury type thing. He but. could have gotten pulled because that game was over pretty yeah. like, before the fourth quarter happened. And he is their starting quarterback. So they could have pulled him just so, you know, safety reasons. So and, even that, now that we have three quarters of football to look at him, you know, it's just – you have to – if I'm an NFL GM or scout, I have to take, you know, this film and this COVID situation with a with a grain of salt because, you know, it's a completely different area for these uh, student athletes and even coaches to be, you know, waiting around and, and playing football. And, and COVID, for these kids too, I mean, they're told to – at least some of these kids are freshmen in college and they're, they're getting responsibility of having to wake up extra early for their COVID test or – 
you know, they're not getting, they're not getting paid up. Hopefully not getting paid, <laughs> hopefully not getting paid. And, you know, they have different responsibilities of not being this 18 year old and not being tempted by this party and, you know, just trying to be responsible for their teammates. And I was just trying to look up some of the quarterback names on the side here of uh, quarterbacks. Zach Wilson, that's going to be a name that he probably has had, you know, the best COVID season to, you know, increase his, his drafts, his draft stock uh, during this COVID season. That's a name that we'll probably see up there with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, not ahead of them, but he is in that MVP conversation this year, or Heisman, excuse me, but I'm sorry, I got off track there. With the COVID though, it's, ASU is, is such an anomaly this year because it's, we saw a decent game, a great game on the ground from ASU, a decent game in the air, nothing really spectacular, and uh, 58 minutes of great defensive football, really, you know, they produce turnovers and now, after two cancellations, let's say we are to play the following week against Utah week four. It's like, if ASU goes out and lays an egg, it's like, can you really blame a lot of these kids? Obviously, you can say yes, and that's the right answer is you should, but it's just what, what does this season mean for ASU now? What are they playing for? There's no Pac-12 South title, and, but they're not a losing team. So it's like, you know, why am I going to go out here and risk injury and maybe risk COVID? It's just a question to be asked. I'm not saying ASU players would be thinking that way, but – that's just a, all these questions that have to come into mind when you're talking about COVID-related sports. And that's why a lot of people have said that, you know, the NBA championships or, you know, the MLB championships or, or uh, World Series has been, you know, some of the toughest there's ever been is because of so many of these added difficulties that are on your life. And I think we're going to see him hit ASU. Or, you know, what kind of what kind of team hurts in this following week if there is a game? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, even if Utah can play that week too, I mean, you don't know what's going on over there. It's just, it's hard to, especially as a football player and as a, as a coach, when your job is to lead these kids through this pandemic. And for you, it's your first time, you know, going through something like this. And it's just tough to give outlook on, especially, you know, COVID related because you know, things can change just like that. And, you know, we saw that the Colorado cancellation, and I think we're going to see it, you know, throughout the throughout the rest of the month of November. And I hope that Colorado actually gets a chance to play, uh, you know, someone else because, and that's only going to happen if another game does get canceled, which hopefully there isn't any other cancellations. But, you know, it's really unfortunate for a school like Colorado who has been 2-0, who has outplayed their projections to this point. And, you know, they don't really get a chance to build on that. Their season of you know, potentially winning the Pac-12 South, not saying it's going to happen, but, you know, they've started off 2-0, and and the first step to winning it is starting 2-0. So it, it sucks for them that they kind of get eliminated by that just because of ASU. And you really feel for them if they don't get a chance to make up that game. But, again, that dates back to what we were talking about just earlier in the show about not leaving yourself that room for error with the COVID and starting the latest out of pretty much every conference, definitely every Power 5 conference. So, just a really, you dealt yourself a bad, bad set of hands, or a bad set of cards. It's, it's almost like you did it to yourself. And it's almost like that one meme where it's, a, I think it's Eric Andre. And it's like, it's a picture of himself or, you know, it's himself and he shoots himself. He's like, why did you do this? And it's, that's what I feel like Larry Scott did to the conference is, you know, really just handcuff themselves. And it, you really hate to see it for these kids that, you know, don't get that opportunity now playing football. Yeah, really tough stuff to see coming out of the back wall. <laughs> And the thing is, it's not over yet, but we're going to transition into our last topic of the day. And this is kind of about Oregon, you know, ASU, USC, a few of these teams of 
Oregon is probably the only shot uh, the Pac-12 has of making it to the playoff. I think we both agree at that, that USC has shown they're not they're not a quality enough team to be there, even if they do go 6-0. Um, but the question that I have is, is the Pac-12 good enough for Oregon to have a strength of schedule to be impressive enough to make the Pac- or to the college football playoff? What do you think? That's a tough question, um, especially taking all the you know circumstances right now into consideration. It would be a one in a million shot for you know USC or Oregon to you know make their mark on the committee and get them to receive enough votes to get into the college football playoff. And yeah, I I wanted to talk about an eighteen college football playoff, but that's not really going to happen. And, even if it was an A team, I really there's just too many too many teams in the country that have better competition and play them better than you know Oregon would run the run the table this year. And I know you know the NCAA was so adamant on not having an eight game playoff, but if they really think it wasn't going to work, this would be the perfect year to try it out. And then let's say you know I think Cincinnati is ranked number seven right now. Let's say the season were to end right now. Cincinnati would probably have to go against Ohio State. And Ohio State, my guess is the line would probably be 16 and a half maybe to open that, to open that game. And, that's, and they'd win by 30. And they'd win by 35. And then the NCAA could be like, I told you so. We're going back to the four games because, you know, COVID, we, we wanted to – not every team had the same schedule playing amount of games. So, you know, they could have done that, and the NCAA still said no. So I don't think an, an updated, expanded playoff is going to be coming anytime soon from the NCAA, and it's – it's a shame that we couldn't see it this year because, you know, an Oregon could sneak, sneak in as a seven seed. And not that Oregon would beat Ohio State, but that could potentially be a great game of, you know, power five teams that maybe lost the game, maybe a Georgia, you know, teams like that that could ultimately get in and maybe not win, but play great college football games. You know, the Georgia-Alabamas, the Georgia-LSU-Bama, the Georgia-LSU, those games are always fantastic at the end of college football seasons. And, you know, you could see more of those matchups, but of big-name teams – in big name conferences too. And it's really tough to, you know, go out there and boldly claim that, you know, Oregon this year would bring that, you know, to say uh, Ohio State or like a Clemson, because they really, they truly wouldn't. And then you're going to have people saying, well, why you, if they did an eight team and it didn't work, you're just going to get the same people saying the same thing that they did the four team about, you know, Ohio State playing like Cincinnati and winning by, you know, 40 points. Well, look, sometimes, especially in this COVID era right now, when the games are getting knocked down like bowling pins, Mm -hmm. I don't think people would be too opposed to seeing, you know, two or three extra games of playoff football in college, even if it is a blowout. And I understand the argument for the eight-game playoff because, you know, teams like BYU have looked really exciting that, they still are not even close to the same quality caliber as those top three teams. But the argument I have for it, I don't remember what year of the playoff it was, but Ohio State snuck in as the four seed. And, you know, there's a lot of teams that thought Penn State should have gotten in over them that year. And, you know, Ohio State ended up obviously winning it all with Zeke at quarterback and or running back, excuse me. And, you know, they upset, uh, I believe, Oregon that year. And in the championship, they beat Marcus Mariota. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was a game that that was a game that a lot of people didn't even think Ohio State should be in. So this year, out of all of them, I think the eight game playoff made the most sense. And like I said, if it didn't work out, it's easy to say, all right, this is why we don't do it, and then move on from it. But you know, there's always going to be people 
you know, calling and kind of picketing for that eight game playoff because you give you give the Cincinnati's, you give the BYU's that much more, you know, of a reason to play hard all the way through. Because if you don't go undefeated as one of those teams, there's zero percent chance you're going to get into the four team college football playoff. And you know, for a team like an ASU or an Oregon, you know, as an ASU, if you go if you go ten and one in a normal season, or sorry, yeah, eleven and one would be the four bowl games, but. You know, a one loss, you, you still would be maybe a number six, six seed and you would get into an 18 playoff. So the playoff is really difficult when you're not in the SEC or Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you really have to be perfect. And, you know, the Pac 12, the Pac 12 shown that all the years. I mean, and the Big 12 showed that. Oklahoma's been relatively perfect when they've gotten into the, they've gotten into the playoff every year. The one year Oklahoma's not perfect, that conference looks terrible. And, you know, the, the Pac-12 and Big 12 are kind of in the same boat where, you know, you don't really have that consistent number one team in the country. And it's it's interesting with the 18 playoff and what that would do for smaller conferences, but it's a really tough slope to go down. Yeah, and I'm 100% with you on if this this is the year they should have really just gone full throttle in the 18 playoff. And you mentioned bowl games too, and I just saw something on Twitter earlier today that I'm almost positive – Tiger or Tony the Tiger Bowl is in jeopardy, so that's the that's just the first of many bowl games to you know start falling, which is a, something that you know six this overall six ranked team nation uh, nationwide has has to play for like they get to play in that you know exciting really good bowl game and that's not going to be a thing this year so well we already see the we already saw the Holiday Bowl got canceled which is a great bowl for the Pac-12. Um, we saw the Red Box Bowl get canceled, which is another Pac-12 bowl. So, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, let alone the college football playoff, how some of these Pac-12 teams get placed into the bowl games. Because, you know, how are you gonna judge a maybe three and one ASU team against a, you know a team in the Big Ten that you know won maybe six games but lost four? So it's gonna be interesting. Does ASU even want to play in a bowl game after having COVID? You no, know, saying it. You know, how many people are gonna watch it when? Jaden Daniels is not even playing something like that. You know, it's just the season sucks. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tough, but, you know, it, it really shows you how much we love football because we, we were both here. I'm sure a lot of people at home were the same way. But, like, when these games got canceled, we were, we were kind of devastated that, you know, we didn't get the opportunity to see our Devils play. And it is it feels like a bye week, really, and now it's about to be back-to-back bye weeks for us. And, you know, our title of the show this week was, you know, ASU took another another L this time to COVID, and it really does feel like that. It really feels like a, you know, no game was played, and so far every ASU player has been safe and healthy. Um, not healthy, but you know, no, no one's gotten seriously injured because of COVID that we've heard of so far. So I mean, that's a positive, but you know, this feels like a loss, even though nothing has happened football wise. It, it feels like a loss for ASU because we don't get to see him play. It's like, I mean, back to our kind of going back to our second topic. It's just a huge loss for Jaden Daniels and team team's overall progression. You know, this was a crucial step in his like three year development. He's gonna be gone after three years, so it's basically like two now. But uh, the good thing with ASU, and I'm not looking to replace him by any means at this point, but ASU's always recruited really well at the quarterback position. I mean, a lot of their quarterbacks not necessarily play in the NFL, but you know, we've seen Brady White go on to lead other teams. Bryce Perkins, you know, we. And that, that's just to name it two off, two off the top of my head. But, you know, there's so many teams that, that just can't do that. And we've talked about it on previous shows about how, 
you know, ASU is now kind of arriving at that point of being able to replace not just quarterbacks, but, you know, the Nikhil Harrys, the Brandon Ayukes, you know, these offensive linemen, you know, the, the Lawrence guys who have been in the NFL forever. It's like those guys kind of used to come and go, and then we'd see another four or five years before we got a difference maker in that position. But ASU kind of seems to be making where they lose a lot of their key name talent they end up picking it back up and recruiting, which is a very encouraging sign to see with, you know, with COVID, because you don't know, you know, if people, if Frank Darby is going to come back. So, you know, he got injured against USC. He could have played his last snap for ASU already. And, you know, it would be awesome to see him in a Sun Devil uniform again, but you don't know. When you say it like that, I think he's coming. I think he's going to stay. I mean, Frank Darby just can't. He's just not the type of guy to go out like that. Yeah. I mean, He's not even like he's not even like resembled. He doesn't resemble ASU that much, like like Nikhil Harry did, yeah. or like Kern does, you know. But he he just can't go out like that. That's not gonna happen. No way. It's no it's way. Tough. It's tough because you know the eligibility is gonna be everyone's eligibility got extended a year, but some people need some people. You know, especially a lot of people love to play college football, but some people I know he. One of his stories is that, you know, he's been working really hard about getting his degree and working. He already has a job lined up after graduation. And, you know, some people like, like they're are ready to separate, you know, being that college. Because if he wants to play in the NFL, he said that. But if you were to meet with a scout right now, I someone would probably tell him, sorry, man, you're not going to get drafted. You're probably not a practice squad player either. And that's just the stats that he's put up in college and the talent that he's shown. And nothing against him as a human being or as a football player, but – I mean, the NFL is a different breed, and I think he's only going to come back if he realistic, realistically thinks he has a shot of getting drafted or just signing for a team in the NFL. Yeah, because there's too many, there's too many, you know, Jerry Judys in the NFL now. But in college, playing for Alabama and you know Clemson to to pick Frank Darby over a guy like yeah. that. So he he, if he really, like you said, if he really wants to go make a mark in the NFL. He has to come back and have a current season with Jaden next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with the growth of – because if ASU does play again this year, you know, obviously Darby, it wouldn't be his last snap in an ASU jersey against USC. But what kind of role these freshmen take on? Because if if these freshmen, you know, kind of none of them really play all that great, they're only partial contributors to the offense, then you could see ASU look to Frank Darby and be like, look, man, we want you back. But, you know, if you see a Johnny Wilson or a – you know, a Chad Johnson Jr. come in and, you know, play really well, that they could potentially take over that position for Frank Darby. You know, maybe he could be like, you know, it's not worth it for me to come back. And, you know, no one's going to blame him for that because of this season, but it would make another really good team in the Pac-12. And I think, you know, we talk about college football playoff hopes. Next year, you know, Keaton Slovis is still going to be there. You know, uh, Jane Daniels is still going to be there. You know, Oregon's still going to have their quarterback, and De La Roar is going to have another year. You know, the Pac-12 could take another huge step, and hopefully Larry Scott doesn't do something to handcuff them before that. So, But <laughs> we're gonna have, we're almost out of time. Do you have anything you want to say before we wrap up? All I can say is next year he's got a better shot of fixing this than he did in this year. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll add to that, no matter how bad COVID is. Not fix it. Next year, he has no chance to do any worse than he did this year, unless he gets fired. So, uh, that is all the time we have this week. Make sure to follow us on social media at Dashboards TV on all socials. We're pretty much on everything there is social media. 
Our website is www.dashboards.tv. And then we also do columns now. You can find our columns on sportspack12.com. Or if you're not following them already, at sportspack12 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, all their articles are online and on Twitter. I just had one go live this Saturday if you want to check it out. Uh, every week we post articles and every week we have a show. So we'll see you next week on Monday talking another canceled football game.